Welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Purposeful Parenting. This week is going to be a little different. I have a visitor here, and she just happens to be our third daughter. She's number three out of four. Our last child was a son. So Kirsten is here visiting with us, and she is going to give you some um, ideas of what it was like as she was growing up. So to start, Kirsten, could you just tell us where you are and what you're doing now and start from maybe just to give a background and we'll add as we go. Okay. Um, so right now I live in Saudi Arabia with my family. Um, I work at the United States embassy there and, um, what took us there is my husband is in the army. So, um, yeah, we're in Saudi Arabia and we're back in the States for a visit. So it's nice to be here. Okay. Very good. Okay, Kirsten, how about giving us an idea? Because I've, I've been giving parenting, um, ideas for now. It's been a year, actually, which is really interesting. Time has certainly, uh, flown by. But I'm wondering if you can start back and even your first memory and just give them an idea of how you saw life within the Roe household. And I'll interject and ask questions for clarification as we go. Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. So my first real memory, I think, was, um, no, it was Daddy's birthday. Um, I think he was like 35 or something. Anyway, but I remember that vividly uh, when I was younger. And we were waiting for him to come home so he could celebrate his birthday. And we were waiting by the door and like, happy birthday when he came home from work that night. Um, But then my... all the memories after that didn't really start until we were on the plane headed overseas to live in Belgium for a few years. But so after we were in the airport and on, I remember I have all sorts of memories, but (laughs) my first real memory was, um, daddy's birthday. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what was it like being number three girl out of four children? Um, Amazing. No, <laughs> no, it was good. Um, I think one thing that I, it, it helped me to be able to negotiate different personalities, I think, because I kind of was that sibling that would be, I don't know, like amicable. <laughs> Just like, okay, let's do this. All right. <laughs> kind of go with the flow with what everyone else is doing. Um, no, I, I really, I loved growing up in the, in our family and the childhood that we had. Um, I feel like there's so much emphasis put on family and, um, the cohesion. We never really competed against each other. Um, there was, 
at least for me, like I never felt jealous of any of my siblings. I, everyone was just in the place that they had and <laughs> I was where I was. So I never felt like, Oh man, I wish I were the oldest or, Oh, I wish I were this or that. I um, always felt like content with where I was. Yeah. That's interesting. And I'm glad you mentioned that because people will ask me if there was ever any sibling jealousy and I never saw any, I always saw you all as helping each other out and cheering everybody on. And as far as activities, when you were growing up, did you see them as being too many or being forced into something? Or No, I never saw it as being too many or feeling like I was forced into anything. Um, so at, in the younger years, uh, we got involved in sports at young ages. And I think that was really good to find activities outside of the home that we could be involved in. Um, especially team building activities like T-ball or soccer. Um, and being the third born and about five years removed from the oldest, being able to support her when she was in like high school stuff. And then, um, Lauren being Allison doing high school things and Lauren, when she was, in gymnastics, we would go for long periods of time <laughs> going to these gym, gymnastics meets. And it was just like what we did. It wasn't anything like, man, I wish we were doing something else. It was just what we did and supported each other. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good. And if anything, it helped us to, um, I mean, we would go to, from activity to activity and then we'd want to be at home. <laughs> time together so um yeah anyway it was really good it was positive and speaking of activities do you remember when you wanted to take gymnastics (laughs) (laughs) and we said okay you can take it and so you took it but you wanted to stop before the contract was over yeah and what happened and you said um no you're gonna finish what you started but after that, then you can do something else. So I couldn't just quit. <laughs> and I was, I think, in, like, first grade or something. But I was not very good. I just knew it wasn't my area of interest at that age. <laughs> so so by doing that, do you think that did something for you as an adult by not letting you stop in the middle? Have you reflected back on that? I have thought about that from time to time. Um One, because it wasn't, you allowed me to have that choice. Um, So seeing it through, yes, of course, like I, um, now I see things through and I don't know if that was the seed that was planted or there are many seeds that were planted that got me to that place and understanding that like, don't get, don't stop something once you started. I feel like that was just like a a family kind of Mm. theme too, like you all instilled that in us, which is important. Um, but also that, okay, even though your sister's really good at this, you don't have to do it. <laughs> so it wasn't like, no, you're going to keep doing it because you're going to do what your sisters are doing. So I was able to say, oh, well, let me play t-ball or do soccer. And so I did that. Yeah. But, yeah. So you were... You, 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 we allowed you to be your own person. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, when it came to, we've talked about activities. When it came to sport, uh, to academics, 
Mm. How did you view us in helping you deal with that? Oh, that's good too. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think of like the younger years of like kindergarten and all of that. Obviously you were involved in our academics involved in interacting with teachers. It's not like we were left to flounder on our own, um, and making sure that we were equipped with the tools that we needed to succeed. And I think one of my fondest memories growing up though, of the academic side is working on papers in middle school and high school. And I would finish a paper at night and leave it at the top of the stairs and I'd wake up and it would be edited <laughs> with, or like with ideas or suggestions, like maybe you think about this or maybe add this. And it was like a magic fairy, also known as my parents, <laughs> would edit my papers and I would be... Yeah, very grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are an outstanding writer now. That's really neat. Yeah. So I was wondering also about, um, did you ever feel pressure that we were putting on you as far as academically trying to push you over or just were we just giving you the right amount of support? How did you view that? I don't ever feel like we I was pressured. I feel like um, if anything was, we want you to have the opportunity to, to succeed as much as you can. Um, and we were celebrated for what we were able to achieve and um, do in the school year. Um, I think in this kind of like ties in the sports thing with the academic side, but it's, it was that whole idea of if you're going to do something do it as best you can. Mm-hmm. Like I, we, you wanted us to be able to, um, not just say, Oh, I'm not doing well in this. Oh, well, but like, okay, well, why aren't you doing well in this? I remember even before high school, you signed me up for like classes at the community college for study habits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that helped so much. And just like learning how to take notes. And I didn't realize how much I would need that until I got to high school. And, um, I don't know if it's just something that you like came across or Mm. something. You're like, let me sign her up. Or if you're like, she needs to go to this, (laughs) but it was very helpful. And there's still things I use to this day to help me uh, learn how to take notes and study and, and all of that. Um, But I, yeah, whatever we did, it was, we were encouraged to do the best we could. Um, I don't want to tell my brother's stories, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know. I was sitting here thinking about that too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'll get a chance to interview him and he can tell his own stories. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah. It was good. <laughs> yeah. So now the next thing I want to ask is as far as discipline, mm. did you see that as being evenly distributed or did you see that as being one was getting more than the other or or it was unfair or how did you see that um no i think it was doled out appropriately <laughs> as punishments were needed um or discipline was needed it was i never thought like man they're getting off easy or i mean maybe i did at the time <laughs> like it wasn't my fault it was their fault but um no i definitely don't look back and think that anybody was disciplined more than or less than somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, 
There's no favoritism or anything. So, yeah. Okay. Now, let's go back to um, academics. After high school, give them an idea of how you went about deciding on colleges mm. and where you are and where that took you. Okay. So, um, in high school, I, I played soccer and I was also on track and field. And um, I knew at that time I wanted to do ROTC um, or some type of service. I wanted to be in the military in some type of, of way. Um, so at the time, I was really interested in the Merger Marine Academy because we'd spent a week during the my junior year summer at the Merchant Marine Academy. And I remember just being like, man, this is what I want to do. Um, this is where I want to study and all of that. I applied to quite a few schools, um, some just civilian schools with RTC scholarships and um, some with maybe they had like the sports programs I was interested in or the major I was interested in. Um, and then I also applied to the military academy at West Point because my sisters did and my dad went there. And I was like, <laughs> well, let's see, whatever. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, so I went through all those application processes and did all the nomination stuff for the military academies that I applied for or applied to. And um, when the everything came back with where I was interested in going um, – I ended up not being able to go to the Merchant Marine Academy because of my eyesight and medically it was medically disqualified. So that was out. And then there was another school that, um, Marshall, I, I was interested in the RTC program and soccer, but I just had, did not have a good feeling <laughs> about that school. When I went to visit, it was just something personal that I had a bad dream and I showed up and was like, and I don't know. Let me re hold that thought because we've talked I've on different episodes. I've talked about how God will lead you in the direction that he wants you to go. And I found it very interesting how you had that unsettling dream mm -hmm. about that university. And that sort of eliminated that. And I remember very vividly you waking up saying, no, you weren't going to that school. Yes. So, yeah, I had this um, bad dream about a place, and I didn't know where that place was. But then when I went on the visit with my dad, I was like, this is the place that was in my dream. Um, and I just knew that even though it had everything that lined up um, academically, athletically, and scholarship-wise with ROTC, um, I knew that it wasn't where I needed to be. Um, so I was accepted to the, not directly into West Point, but I went to the prep school first. So I spent a year there um, and finished that year and then entered with the class of 2006 into mm. West Point. And after you graduated, what did you do? Just a rough idea. Yep. Um, I graduated and commissioned as a signal officer. Um, so I was in the signal corps, worked with computers and radios, and um, I was in the 1st Infantry Division as the Brigade SX for a while, then the Assistant Brigade SX. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And based on what I've seen you being able to do, that West Point 
um, education allowed you to do a number of things and to go off in a different directions based on your life experiences and what was going on at the time. Yes, definitely. Um, and then I, I ended up finishing up my time at the in the military back at West Point working as a diversity officer in the admissions office. Um, and then a year in marketing mm-hmm. for the admissions office. So, yep, it definitely um, it helped to better understand, like, wow, I can kind of learn different things as I need to learn them mm-hmm. and um, feel confident in that, um, that if somebody asks something of me, oh, I can, I can figure that out or I'm, I'm teachable, I can learn this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely good. Very good. Okay. Now, what about traditions? We've also talked a little bit about that on some of the episodes. Are there some things that you remember in our family that stand out? That's a good question. So, of course, there are, like, traditions around Christmas. Um at later years, we started the pajama tradition of exchanging pajamas. At first, you were the one that would buy us all pajamas, and then you're like, wait a second. Um, so then we all would draw names and have, like, a Christmas, um, like, secret Santa pajama exchange, which I was the first one that got uh, the joke pajamas and a onesie, like, old grandma onesies <laughs> that I wore. So anyway, so there's that. And then um, even before that, we'd have traditions of um, every Friday. I remember Allison would have a basketball marching band. Mm-hmm. She'd go to marching band for basketball or football. And so we'd have pizza at the house and watch um, TGIF and all those shows that came on there. And that was really fun because we didn't watch TV during the week. <laughs> so <laughs> Friday night was like, oh, we get pizza and we can watch TV <laughs> for a couple hours. Um, so that was really fun, um, a fun tradition, I remember. And, yeah, I think those are the, the two, at least growing mm-hmm. up, the two big ones that I can yeah. think of. And I know a lot of parents will – think in terms of rewarding their children when they do well in school with money. And do you recall what we did? We would go out to eat yeah, um, and celebrate that way and yeah. go to a nice dinner. Oh, and that reminds me of another tradition. We would go on Halloween, we'd go out to eat somewhere. Yeah. And that was fun too. Yeah, because for me, I w- we would tell the kids that school – was um, their job and their payment for that job were would be their grades so once the grades came in we'd always go out to uh, celebrate mm-hmm. okay now you have a son a child yes, I do. and give us an idea about him and how you can see how you were raised taking shape and hit with him oh that's a good question okay so i have an eight-year-old son and he is um yeah i mean growing so much (laughs) every day and it's i always think about how you all raised us when we were growing up and like the discipline aspect and um 
yeah, the rewards, the traditions. I think it's really big for me to build those traditions with him, especially because at the moment he's the only child and I don't want to him to miss out on that mm. because you don't have to have a huge family to still have traditions. It can still, you can still find things that you do, um, even as a couple or as parents, um, waiting for a child or, or whatever. But yeah, it was, um, it's good to, to be able to use the lessons I learned growing up and, mm do my best (laughs) to try to emulate them. But yeah, it's been. been And I know you and Scott have done a tremendous job with instilling faith in in Trey. Mm -hmm. Could you give the parents an idea of some of the things that you do with him? Yes. Um, So we pray as a family and, um, he is the one who always wants to pray over our meals. <laughs> so he prays for our meals. And um, on certain days, on Saturdays, and we make that like our family church time. So we'll watch um, a mini series on TV that goes through the Bible. And we'll use his children's Bible to read along after we watch like 10 or 15 minutes of a mini series that talks about different parts of scripture. And we'll read from his Bible and show pictures and um, ask what he thinks about things and see where he, uh, what he got from the message. And then we spend some time after that praying as a family, talking about things that we can thank God for um, and other people we can pray for. And I think that doing that has really over this last year, I've really seen him grow and understanding the power of prayer more. And he will pray for people on the spot when he hears that they're sick or not feeling well. Um, even a stranger, (laughs) he'll pray for them. And, um, it's really neat to see that come out in him and just see him starting to, um, I don't know, find, uh, find his own, relation or grow his own relationship with the Lord. Yeah. I know one time my back was hurting and he came up to me and he said, mommy, me, I'm praying for you so that your back will feel better. So yeah, yeah, he is. And as far as learning scripture Mm. is, how is he, how, what is being done? How is he learning scripture? Yes. Um, so when we were stateside, he was in a a Christian school and they would do that a lot. And so we would, um, be able to use the verses that they were learning in school and reinforce them at home and talk about them around the table or, Mm -hmm. um, during the day. But this, the scripture now comes from when we go through things Mm -hmm. on Saturdays, um, when we go do our family church and we'll read a scripture, have him read it mm-hmm. and be involved in that. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's neat yeah, to it's, see him. It really is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And what about discipline with you mm-hmm. and, and uh, Scott, is there any differences or because of the way the two were raised or have, cause when I see you, it seems like you all are on the same wave with him. Yeah, I think generally we are. I mean, I'm sure like any other parents, there are times when it's like, oh, well, I I thought this or I thought that and we might have a difference here or there. But 
I think we were raised about the same when Mm -hmm. it comes to discipline. So it helps. Um, neither one of us think it's good for, um, children to not be disciplined or just do whatever they want. So, um, we we're on the, definitely on the same page with that, which is, which is good. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that there's some consistency. I've seen consistency with that too. Yes. And I've also noticed that, uh, Trey can be a kid and an eight year old and he'll look over and Scott will pick up on it just like that. So, <laughs> I know. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's kind of neat to see that. Okay. Kirsten, is there anything that you can, if there were like maybe three points that you would want to say to parents in the discipline area or in the, um, Christianity with their child or anything with consistency, what, what would be three things that you would want them to know? Um, I think, um, that's a really, Oh my gosh. I wish I, it's a lot. I know. I'm (laughs) like, can I have a minute and think? Um, I think the biggest thing I think and I still have this and I still struggle with this sometimes, but especially when Trey was young, I kept thinking like, man, what if I mess up, mess this up? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Just like, um, did I, was I too easy? I would overthink everything at night. Just, um, you can ask Scott about this too. I would <laughs> go to bed and be like, oh, I feel like I really just messed something up or I came down too hard on him or I wasn't hard enough. And, um, I think the thing that changed with that and what helps me when I get in that place is just trusting God because Mm. ultimately he's God's child before he's mine. Um, God's just entrusted him to me. And um, thankfully God knows I'm not perfect (laughs) and there's Mm. grace for that. Um, And praying through things, even as I'm trying to figure out how to handle situations or, um, yeah, how to be consistent, praying that God will show me ways to do that or that he will show me how to teach Trey how to know who he is or praying for his relationship with the Lord to go stronger. Um, those are like constantly in my thoughts and prayers of like, Lord, I like, please let him come to know who you are and have that strong relationship with you. So, um, yeah, and I think that constant um, submission to the Lord and realizing that he's the one in control Mm. and not me. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, thank you very much, Kirsten. I certainly appreciate it. And I can certainly see that um, you have parented on purpose. And I look forward to the next episode. In the meantime, parents, remember to parent on purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then... This is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.